Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapters 1 and 2 are all about what God has done for us, bringing us from spiritual death to spiritual life and into eternal fellowship with Him and with others who belong to Christ. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, is a review and reminder. In chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, Paul writes a prayer that we will understand the significance of all that he has said so far, and that we will be filled up to all the fullness of God. This shows you how to pray for yourself and how to pray for every other Christian you know. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he continues our study of today's slice of this week's message entitled, What God Wants for You. And His Spirit works on us, I love this phrase, in the inner man. That's a way of describing, if you will, the real you. Inner man would be another one of that collection of different descriptions for uh, everything about you other than your body. Heart, soul, mind, will, emotions, all of the, it's the inner man. It, it's, the, it's the real you. Spiritual power is a, a characteristic of every Christian who submits to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. This is not something that's reserved for an elite class of super-Christians. It's, it's for every child of God. If we'll just discipline our minds and our spirits to study the Word of God, to understand it, to live by it, to pray according to it, and to seek to serve Him for His glory. Now, when you hear that phrase, through His Spirit in the inner man, you might be thinking, what's What's that other verse where I've heard that? Well, I thought the same thing. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. There's the contrast, inner man, outer man. It is, the body is the outer you, if you will. The inner you lives in the body. You know, physically, after you reach your peak of physical development, probably as a, a, a young adult, from there on, if you're young, I don't want to break it to you, the top of the hill's coming real soon, <laughs> and it's all downhill from there. But spiritually speaking, you can gain a lot of momentum in those downhill years. And as a Christian, the inner spiritual person should grow stronger and stronger by the work of the Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that enables you to serve God throughout your life because He energizes you, vitalizes you, and empowers you. That's a concept that Paul's going to develop much more fully 
in the next chapter, actually, the second, whole second half of, of Ephesians. We'll see it much more. But think this through so that it isn't just theoretical. Paul prays that you will be strengthened with power by the Holy Spirit working in your inner man. Now, how does that actually work? Well, you know, there's several things that hint at where our spiritual strength comes from. Um, There are a couple of commands in the New Testament, be strong, Uh, 1 Timothy or sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We'll, we'll see the Ephesians 1 when we get to it before uh, terribly long here. And in those contexts, it says, be strong in His grace. And the other one says, be strong as you put on the armor of God. So um, those are sources of strength. We, we stand in His grace. How can I have His strength? I'm weak. Well, He's strong. He's in me. I trust Him. He will use me and strengthen me for what He calls me to do. I put on the armor so that I can face the spiritual battle around me. There's another source of strength mentioned. There are several others. Psalm 138, verse 3, On the day I called you, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. What else makes you strong? Well, it's implied in our passage too. Prayer. I called on you, and you made me bold with strength. He gives us what we need in order to enable us to do what He wants us to do. There's another classic passage, and I'll bet you know one verse of it, whether you know that that's where it comes from or not. Over in Isaiah chapter 40, Verses 28 through 31, listen to this. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, Yahweh, usually translated the Lord, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? You know, people around here are, are, are so nice they know I'm old and decrepit, and, you know, so they'll call me or email. Well, I, I know you're really busy, and I know you've had a bad week. Hey, thank you for that. That's just my standard of living. But you don't have to say that when you call on God. He's never had a bad week. He's never had a bad day. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He never gets tired. He never runs out. And that's why he's constantly giving out of the, the, the riches of his glory. God does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. That's probably the part you've heard, but don't go quoting that if you're not going to talk about the first part of it. God is who He is, and He increases power to the weakest. And He tells us there that the source of strength is, He calls it waiting on the Lord. What does that mean? It means 
patiently trusting Him is how we find His strength manifested in us. It's kind of like over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, and that's where the Apostle Paul says that in our weaknesses we experience His strength. You know, if, if I think I can do something, if I've got it knocked, I'll just go do it. It's hard to call upon God for strength when you don't feel like you need it. But we do need it. And what about when, how does the song say, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, He gives and He gives and He gives yet again? So Paul's prayer is that we would be strengthened by the power of God brought to us by His Spirit in our inner man. So as we look at His prayer, the exhortations to us, pray, knowing who God is, pray for God's power. Don't be ashamed to ask for His power. You need it. And then pray for Christ to be at home. Just the beginning of verse 17, and that's all the farther we're going to go today, and I think you'll see why. Ephesians three seventeen begins this way, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, we need to stop and think about this a little bit, and we need to look carefully at what this marvelous concept is that's here. What could Paul possibly mean by praying for Christians to have Christ in their hearts. Isn't he already there? Well, yes, he is. Same Paul, same jail cell, different letter to a different church. He said this to the Colossians 127, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of his glory. You ever heard a string, uh, phrase like that before? The riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is already in you. So what's he doing praying that Christ will be dwelling in your heart? You know, Jesus made a promise back in John chapter 14, same night that he established the Lord's table, he said this, John 14, 16 through 17, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. And that was fulfilled beginning in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit came and indwelt the believers in Christ. Or as, as we saw last week in our Provoke the Pastor series, this is true for all believers. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. We all have the Spirit within us. We have Christ in us. So obviously he's not talking about the concept of the Holy Spirit indwelling believers, uh, the key to understanding this lies in that word dwell. I'm praying so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You have to pick a good word to translate it in English, and dwell is as good as we can probably get. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.